Thank you, Wesley. Wonderful prayer. What is happening to us? What is happening to us? When I read 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, I understand that that is a question God wants us to ask. He wants us to take a look at ourselves, see how things are going. This is 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Paul to his friends in the church at Corinth. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, not other people. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Examine yourself, not your neighbor. Test yourself, not your neighbor. This is about us, this examination, this testing, this asking of the question, what is happening to us? By us, I mean us, the church, the saved, God's family, us. It's obviously important that we also think about the world. What's happening to the world? What's happening to our country? What's happening to our neighbor? Important questions. What happens to all that out there and all them out there affects all of us in here. But we do understand that we are not of this world. This is not our home. So it's a much more urgent matter to think about us, what is happening to us. Paul, to get your mind back just a moment again to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to examine the Corinthians, test the Corinthians, not worry about those in Philippi, Thessalonica, and other places. And so it's our privilege today to ask and answer what is happening to us, the forever family of the Tuscumbia Church of Christ, to develop this thought more fully. We want to think about not just what's happening to our congregation, God's congregation, but what's happening to our families, what's happening to our children. We need to be inquiring frequently, it seems, what is happening to our faith? What's happening to our unity? What is happening to our love? What is happening to our efforts to share Jesus with people that need Jesus? Since last March, let's ask, are we stronger than we were then? Are we wiser than before?
Are we more thankful? Are we more Christ-focused? Are we more servant-hearted? Are we more charitable? Are we more prayerful? Are we more eager for worship than we were before? Are we more faithful to God? Are we more loving? Are we more conciliatory? Are we more joyful? Are we more optimistic? Or are we the opposite of all those positive features? Again, the question, what's happening to us? What's happening to you? What's happening to me? Are we better than we were before? Or are we not? Are we closer to God? Or are we not? Are we closer to his forever family? than before or are we not are we further away is that possible is God pleased with us is God pleased with our choices is God pleased with our attitude is God pleased with our present path how do we answer how does God answer what is happening? I want to share some answers based on my observations, based on consultation with many of you. You have helped to fashion this lesson. So if you don't like it, you should have helped me more. <laughs> and based on prayer, now we explore answers to the question what's happening so may I suggest that sin is happening Romans 3 23 kind of let us know sin would be happening we've all sinned but thankfully repentance is also happening as commanded in Acts 17 30 we're told to be converted, to repent so that we could be saved. Also, I'm thankful to report that it's not just sin that's happening and repentance that's happening, but grace, amazing grace is happening. Ephesians 2, 8 and following reminds us that it is by grace that we are saved through faith. With some... We also need to acknowledge that complacency is happening. Spiritual apathy is happening. But also I'm thankful that with many, good is happening. Growth is happening. Gratitude is happening. <coughs> it's also the case that with some, anxiety is happening. Thankfully, with some, calm is also happening. Death is happening. Sadness is happening. Thankfully, life is also happening. Birth is happening. 
Joy is happening. Hurting is happening. Healing is happening. Grief is happening. Growth is happening. With some people, isolation is happening. Loneliness is happening. Social distancing is happening. But also, spiritual connecting is happening. Virtual hugging is happening. It is also the case that regrettable words are happening. Regrettable posting is happening sometimes. Thankfully, reconciliation is also happening. Forgiveness is happening. Peace-making is happening. Isn't it good that many folks understand that we need to not just have the right position, but the right disposition? We know this. You can have the right position and the wrong disposition and do a lot of harm, hurt feelings that might actually lead to souls being lost. Thankfully, most of us understand, don't we? It is never right to be rude. That is happening. <coughs> I would also suggest that puzzling behavior is happening. Have you been to Walmart, Target, Lowe's, beauty shop, restaurants, schools, factories, office buildings, even airplanes, amusement parks, beaches, have you been to those places? Yes, maybe. If you have, what have you seen? People are there. In some cases, lots and lots of people. Have you seen the traffic even now in places like Gatlinburg? Lots of people. And yet, many church buildings are still rather sparsely populated. Puzzling behavior is happening. So may I ask this question? Is COVID more contagious in a place of worship than it is in other places that are full of people? Is a praying place less safe, for example, than a polling place or a playing place. The courthouse, I had to go over there the other day. It was packed 
with people. Courthouse packed, church house not so packed. Again, that's just puzzling behavior, isn't it? We know that we've got to be wise with our bodies. The temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to make every reasonable precaution to be healthy physically. But also we recognize the obligation to take care of the soul. That again is being housed by the body. So we need to take care of our body. We need to take care of our soul. And as children of God, we need to be consistent in this. I met a fella, a friend of mine. He's a, I'm going to refer to him as a future Christian. I met him at Walmart. I was trying to convince him to come and be in this place and worship with us. Talked about all the precautions. The, we got what the, the air scrubbers going on. Can you feel the air being scrubbed as you assemble with us this morning? We got the air scrubbers. We got the everything sanitized. We got a lot of precautions going. We got tape. We got stuff to keep us reasonably safe physically. And I talked to him about all this. And and uh, he's he's a friend. You know, somebody that I have frequent communication. I see him at the gym. And he said, well, my wife and I, we've talked about it, and we just don't feel comfortable getting into a church building right now. He took his mask off to talk to me in Walmart about how it didn't feel safe to him to be in a church building. And I said to him, because he's close, you know, he knows I love him and he loves me, and you can talk with folks like that. And I said, you are aware of the irony that we're having this conversation in Walmart. Your hands are on a buggy in Walmart. You have a basket full of stuff that's been handled by people all over Walmart. I'm just saying that people's behavior is puzzling to me. Maybe it's puzzling to you. That's a future Christian. I'm praying and hoping. Should he or shouldn't he? I think he should. So I will. There are also Christians that we love that I see in Walmart I'm not picking on Walmart it could, it could be a lot of other places I've had a conversation with one particular fella twice in Walmart no mask hands buggy full people no scrubbers. Preacher, we're not ready yet to get back to church. <sighs> Puzzling behavior is happening.
I'm also thankful that for many people, the assembly is more valuable than ever before. I talk to people virtually every week who should not assemble. And I never thought the time would come when I would need to say to my brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to wait a little bit longer before you come back into the assembly. But I'm having those conversations, and those conversations are necessary. But there are people that are joining us online today that cannot and do not need to be in this house today. And they have tears in their hearts today because they can't come and safely do this. Not yet, but soon they can. And I, I, I know that that's happening. I know there are people, and thank you for joining us online because I know you can't be in Pew and I know you won't be in Walmart tomorrow. I get that. I'm thankful that, that many of you in this place and those who are not yet able to be back in this place, probably we have a, a greater appreciation and desire for the assembly and the togetherness with God's people than ever before. That's happening. And I am so thankful for that. I'm thankful that a vaccine is here. I'm thankful that many of you have had it. I'm thankful that many of you are in line to get it, which means then that a reopening is happening, a reawakening is happening. If not right now, then really, really soon. It is the case, isn't it? that some negative is happening, probably happening to each of us, if we're being pretty honest and transparent. But let us be thankful that the negative that is happening is being trumped, is being overwhelmed by positives that are happening. <laughs> More shepherding is happening. We got four wonderful elders with wonderful wives. We love these people. They love us. They care about our souls. They care about the temple, the body of our soul. And they're trying to juggle that. They're trying to manage an unmanageable situation. No elder went to school to study how to shepherd during a pandemic. <coughs> Good shepherding is happening here. And I'm thankful for that. <coughs> I'm thankful also for what Will Harrison is doing, what is happening with him. His primary focus is on our teenagers and their families. But every week, our brother, he tries to make a connection with every teenager. He does a lot for all of us, but trying to connect especially with every teenager and every family that has teenagers. That's happening. That's a blessing. That's remarkable effort. I see a similar thing with Thad Lucer, the fellow who has taken on the responsibility of helping our younger families and smaller children to learn of God. Every week, Thad tries to connect with every child and every family of every small child. To me, that's remarkable. 
That needs to be praised. That needs to be appreciated. So much concern for souls is happening here. Lots of serving is happening here. I started to try to, and this would have been a mistake, I try, started to try to list some of the names of those who are just going so many extra miles to make this happen here. But you know who you are. Most importantly, God knows who you are. Thank you for your service. Lots of praying is happening. Probably we're more prayerful than we've ever been before. Lots of family time is happening. Lots of love is happening. Lots of appreciation for what we have been taking for granted previously is happening. One sister, in reply to the question, what is happening to us, answered back to me, opportunities. And that is the case. Opportunity is happening. Opportunity to grow, to glow, to sow, and to show, to show love for one another, to show our faith, a faith that, as one brother reminded me this week, that if it is not accompanied with works, that faith is dead. Well, I'm thank thankful that a faith that is busy with good works is in fact happening and happening and happening. An opportunity to practice is also happening. More opportunity to do more practicing is on the way. Because we acknowledge, right, that some people have gotten out of the habit of certain practices. Singing partaking of the Lord's Supper, giving as we've been prospered, getting up and actually coming into a church house, hugging, shaking hands. Some of us are out of practice on some of those important things. How do we develop a skill? How do we maintain a skill? How do we learn, practice, practice, practice? And so we very soon need to get back to practicing some of those things. As important as it is to ask the question, what is happening? It's perhaps more significant to ask, what is going to be happening? And I would answer it, restoration will be happening. And I think we're already somewhat engaged in that process. Restoring healthy habits like assembling again together in pew. And yes, for some it must continue to be online for a while. But let's not get too comfortable on the sofa. That can never take the place of the sanctuary. It just can't. So we need to restore the assembly. The desire to do the inconvenient. The desire to do that which blesses us and others most. Going to Bible classes, 
It's going to be so grand as we open more and more of those opportunities up to us. The practice of fellowship meals together. The practice of passing communion. We're, we're going to be awkward with that when we can do it again. Visiting one another without fear. Going on mission trips as a group again. So much restoration will be happening, needs to be happening. One day, I'm happy to remind us, the tape is coming off of these pews. The masks are going to go away. And we're going to need to reintroduce ourselves to each other for a time. And we will have survived. That's what's going to be happening we will have survived our moodiness. We will have survived our bad attitudes. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Maybe it hasn't just been me. We will have survived our anxiousness, our anxieties. We'll have survived this pandemic Soon we'll be able to say, we survived COVID. You remember Caligula? He was this Roman Caesar from hell, determined to destroy the first century Christians. We don't have a Caligula, we've got a COVID. And I'm confident that what Caligula couldn't do to the church of the first century, COVID will not do to the church of the 21st century that we're going to survive and ultimately come out of this stronger than we have ever been before. Has COVID landed some blows? Absolutely. Has he done some damage? Yeah, there's, there's got to be, again, some restoration, some re-energizing, some healthy habits and some practices and some, there's this, you know, that, that machine's got to crank up and we all get that. Of course. But I, I have no doubt that we're going to be more faithful because of this common struggle that we have endured. It's ironic to me that that which prompts us to put physical distance between ourselves is ultimately going to be responsible for bringing us closer together to one another, closer to God. We are a family. Whether in the pew this morning or online, we're in Christ, we are a family. 1 Corinthians 12 paints it so poetically, so beautifully. We are members one of another, which means what affects you affects us all. What affects me affects us all. Whatever you do affects me. Whatever I do affects you. If you do well, we're all blessed by that decision. If you or I do poorly, we're all harmed by that decision. We're in this together, not as lone rangers thinking only of ourselves. Please choose wisely because we're all affected 
by that choice. I'm happy to remind us that God has this. He's got this, as some might say. Romans chapter 8, I hope you're reading that chapter frequently these days. It'll encourage you. But it tells us there that we can be not just conquerors, but more than conquerors through him who loves us. It means we can conquer, we can overcome, we can whip what needs to be whipped. The complacency, the malaise, the bitterness, the whatever it was that crept into us, especially since March of last year. God helps us in times like this. He restores us. He rebuilds us. He resurrects us. He awakens us from a, a COVID-induced slumber. This is a passage that maybe we haven't read much lately. Second Chronicles, have you spent any time there? This is chapter 15. I'm closing up, so really pay attention to this, please. 2 Corinthians 15, begin verse 1. Think about how this applies to us today. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa. Asa was a leader who had some faults at times, but he, but he had a good heart. And he tried his best more frequently than he did not try his best. And so this prophet says to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. Speaking with a big voice there. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you for a long time. This sound familiar? <laughs> Israel has been, has been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And in those times there was no peace to the one who went out nor to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of America. Well, the inhabitants of the lands it says. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with adversity. Verse 7 says, But you, church at Tuscumbia, well, it doesn't say that, but it can mean that. Be strong. Be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work will be rewarded. And then we have 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3, reminding us of the nature of our God and his care for us. It says, blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And then the passage goes on to talk about how we have gone through our tribulation so that we can be a blessing to others in their time of tribulation. This is not happening to us as much as it is happening for us. What is happening now? 
We are being blessed now. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you so much for words that comfort us in our Bible. Thank you for the good that is happening now, for the good that you are sharing with us, for the good that we are seeing done for us and to us by servants around us. God, if we take a look at ourselves honestly, as we've been compelled to do by the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, if we test ourselves, especially since last March, we likely see some deficiencies. We likely see that at times we got a little bit complacent, maybe a lot. Maybe our attitudes, Father, were not as they should be. Our words, our gestures of love somewhat lacking. Our enthusiasm for giving, for worship, maybe it waned on us a bit. But, Father, we're thankful we still have a heartbeat. We still have hearts that can be tendered, mended, strengthened, restored, cleansed. Father, we pray that what is happening now is what should be happening in us now, in our families, for our children, for our children's children. We pray that what is happening is making us closer to you, more faithful, more loving, more forgiving, more evangelistic, more grateful than we've ever been before. If it hasn't brought that to us, please, God, let it be us. Let it be with us now. Help us to have renewal, resuscitation spiritually. Help us to be every day what we ought to be, how we ought to be, whose we ought to be. Help us, Father, understand that life doesn't occur in a vacuum, that we're not individuals so much as we are members of a family, members needing one another, members needing good decisions from us, good attitudes from us, encouragement from us, good example from us, needing faithfulness from us as we need it from others. Father, thank you for the blessing again that have come because of COVID. We know some terrible things have come because of COVID. Help us, Father, to embrace the positive, learning lessons also from the negatives. If there are those, Father, today that need to publicly repent, seek prayers, we pray that will happen. If there are those that need to be washed today by the blood of the Son of Jesus Christ, spilled at Calvary, in obedience to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we pray that will happen. We pray for healing of our land, healing of our families, healing wherever there is hurting. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. If we can help you in any way, would you come please while we stand and sing?